in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Oh, this is an episode we've been waiting for in the Paracast with Gene and Chris in a few seconds here. We're going to be talking to David Perkins, whom I'm told doesn't do radio shows. So we're really lucky to have him. So it's going to be Chris O'Brien and David Perkins through much of this episode. I do want to mention one thing before we go on. And that is, on last week's episode, we featured Phyllis Galdi of Fate Magazine and Jerome Clark. And we learned after that episode was recorded that one of the longtime editors of Fate, Donald Michael Craig, had died of pancreatic cancer. Our sympathies go out to his friends and his family. I knew him slightly in the 80s. Really nice guy, really smart editor, and we're all sad to see that he's gone. Let's get on with our episode this week. Chris just recently finished this magnum opus called (laughs) Stalking the Herd. With a lot of help, I might add. I keep joking with Chris that maybe the sequel should be called After the Herd or The Herd's Revenge. I heard it through the cow pie. I think that's worse. I heard it from what grows out of the cow pie. How's that? Oh, this is going to get gross. I'll tell you that right now. I'm seeing this happening. What's happening, though, is that with a book this big, the subject has become far more extensive than I think even Chris realized until he put everything together, all those years of research. And you, Chris, and you, David, have been working together for a number of years on these subjects. Chris, tell us how you met David Perkins and tell us something more about him. Well, the the quick thumbnail sketch has been heard several times uh, over the years here on the show. But when I first got involved in San Luis Valley, innocently researching a, a little article for a local newspaper, The first thing I did was try to find who the principal characters were in the subject of uh, the cattle mutilation phenomenon, which I knew a little bit about, but not much. You know, of course, Linda Howe's name came up early on, Burl Lewis, uh, the surviving owner of Snippy the Horse. You know, Burl said, you got to talk to those Texas guys. And I said, who are they? And he said, Tom Adams and Gary Massey. They were combing, you know, the Midwest and Colorado and stuff during the 70s investigating these cases and so i called tom and tom says oh my god finally somebody showed up in the san luis valley that we can work with you've got to meet david perkins and i said who's he and he says well we kind of fondly refer to him as izzy zane and the question is very sane the answer is very sane and um david was gone he was in the south pacific i waited patiently for a couple of weeks for him to come back and then we started having daily phone calls, and we instantly kind of hit it off. I think we were both of a similar temperament in in terms of our objectivity about a, a lot of these things. So we had these monumental phone calls for David. How I think it was at least two or three months before I actually met you. Mm-hmm. And David lived very close to me, 15, 20 miles away, but there was 14,000-foot mountains between us. So we, we never actually met until I was invited over uh, with my band to play the Libre 25th anniversary party. And that's when I met Tom and Gary and David. And I think I stayed, what, three or four days and then went home, grabbed my brother, and we came back for another couple of days. Uh, mm-hmm. We started off with a whirlwind. And ever since then, uh, I don't think I've ever talked with somebody on the phone 
as much as I've talked with David over the last 20 years. And we've just been chipping away at this big granite block called the cattle mutilation mystery for decades now. And and this is the first time I think David and I have ever actually done a radio show together, which uh, is kind of is a little mind-blowing to me. But uh, David is kind of shy and retiring when it comes to doing radio, and I think we're very lucky to have him. Chris, actually, uh, I, I didn't want to come on the Paracast until I had the answer to the cattle mutilation mystery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I guess uh, everybody's in for a scoop today. Well, I, I'm, I'm a little short on that one. Uh, still working on it like almost 40 years later. But I'm close, getting close, yeah. Well, David, why don't you give everybody a, a, a bit of a background, kind of introduce yourself, give us a, a thumbnail sketch of how you were you kiss the tar baby, as I like to uh, refer to it, sort of, I yeah. don't know, in a fond, kind of twisted sort of way. <laughs> yeah, it is sort of twisted. Let's say, as they say, long story short, uh, I'd moved to Colorado in 1970 and built a house up on top of a mountain on a, uh, what shall we say, artist colony. In those days, it was called a commune. But we, uh, it was a group of like-minded people wanting to get out of the cities. It was kind of chaotic back in the late 60s, early 70s, and we all met through various ways, different artists, painters, and writers, and musicians, and those types, and built our own houses on a piece of land in Colorado, southern Colorado, uh, where we could uh, do our art and do our thing in peace and quiet and beauty, which it sort of was. I had come out of the 70, you know, from 1970, that period, and I was very intrigued by investigative journalism. That was the era of Watergate. And I thought, boy, investigative journalism is a really powerful tool. And it's something that I was uh, very interested in journalism and music, of course. So uh, I was sort of biding my time waiting for the something that was a challenging topic that I could take on as a piece of investigative journalism. And it was hard to miss uh, in 1975. In Colorado, it was all hell broke loose, basically, with the mutilations. It was just every newspaper, every headline. It was uh, really hard to ignore. It was the Associated Press Story of the Year. And I was going, wow, this is interesting. What is this? And I thought it would fade away, and it didn't fade away. And then, uh, gradually, I got sucked into the uh, there were mutilations happening near my house, which I happened to see. And then I started talking to the local newspaper editor and the local sheriff. Similar to what you did, Chris, and uh, you just uh, you know start collecting files, and then next thing you know, you're in it over your head. Is basically what happens. Well, well, you actually were a prime suspect in the case that you oh, found yes. right at the gate of your community. <laughs> well, we joke about our first encounters with we call it the trickster or touching the tar baby or whatever. But uh, yeah, I went into uh, there was a mutilation that happened on the road about a mile south of our community, my house. And I saw it. I drove in. I saw it. And I stopped and looked at it. And went, wow, this is one of those things. And I observed it, made some notes, went home. The uh, next day, went back out, looked at it again, started really poking at it. It was just right off the road, really hard to miss. I noticed there was a little blood, actually. Well, there were three drops of blood on three stones heading in the direction of my house. And I thought, well, there's a little blood there. It's supposed to be bloodless, but here's just a little blood. So then I uh, poked and poked and got to smelling really bad of dead cow and then went into the newspaper office, a very small little office uh, with the editor of the paper reeking of <laughs> cadaverine. And uh, I said, well, what's, uh, have you got a file on these cattle mutilations? What's, what's up with this? 
And we talked a while, and he said, well, I think I should tell you, David, that uh, you're actually considered a prime suspect in that mutilation. I said, what? How could this be? You know, he said, well, <laughs> yeah, moi? I was uh, a bit stunned, but he said, well, the sheriff, you know, since you guys moved in up there on the mountain, that I think uh, you should uh, know that you were all suspects. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> David, before we go on, did you feel at that point inclined to say, you know, maybe I should call a lawyer and see what's going on here? <laughs> uh, no, not, not really. I was a bit stunned. Uh, I thought, well, obviously, you know, this is ridiculous and this won't last. But uh, And when, once I got to know the sheriff, we became very good friends. And he, that quickly dissipated that uh, suspicion. Uh, although I think maybe in some people, you know, in these rural counties, they always are a bit suspicious of outsiders that come into a community who have maybe strange ways of doing things or look different or whatever. Uh, in those days, uh, it was kind of paranoid. Everybody was wondering what was going on. We've got a lot more to cover. We have David Perkins joining Gene and Chris. We're talking about cattle mutilations in Chris's new book, Stalking the Herd. And a little bit later in this episode, we'll be asking your questions. Those are the questions that many of you posted in our forums at forum.theparacast.com. That's forum.theparacast.com. The place we put the questions, the question bank. More to come. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237.
This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100-foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Chris has perfected the ultimate voice yes. of cattle mutilations. Is there a way to say the Paracast and moo like a cow? The Paracast moo. <laughs> No, I don't think that's going to work. Okay, so, David, you were at first a suspect, then, of course, the sheriff got to know you, and I'm glad of that. We wouldn't want to have to visit you in jail. (laughs) But let me ask a question here that hits me right off the top. Has anyone anywhere ever been officially charged with a crime of this nature? Well, Chris uh, has one. What was the, the English case? The only well, person, the, yeah, the George Adalji case, a Hindi clergyman in right in the town, I guess, where Nick Redfern grew up, uh, was charged, sentenced, and convicted of uh, being a horse slasher. But in Charles Fort's book, I think Wild Talents, he was called a cattle mutilator. So uh, that we're going all the way back to 1902. Other than that, there have been none, Gene, uh, and that makes this mystery even more compelling because uh, you would think Murphy's Law would kick in. Somebody would mess up, helicopter would crash, run out of gas, somebody would break a leg. Something would happen that would expose one of these perpetrators, at least in one instance, uh, enough to be actually apprehended or somehow compromised in their process, but it it hasn't happened since uh, the early uh, 20th century. 
So before we go on, is there a reason to think, though, that we have human actors involved here who are involved in cattle mutilations? Human actors. Oh, <laughs> I'll let you take that one, David. Yeah, oh, there's, okay. there's a well, lot of would, uh, very say... compelling circumstantial evidence that would suggest that. But uh, I think it's kind of getting a little bit the cart ahead of the horse here. Uh, you know, of course, this is, uh, you know, the realm of... Uh, popular con- conceptions about this whole mystery. And, of course, Linda Howe has been the the chief uh, kind of bird dog in all this for uh, the last uh, 20 years, pretty much. And, you know, she's fairly convinced that uh, humans are not involved. So I think the, the prevailing view out there in the pop culture is that this is E.T.'s coming down and doing it. That's why no one's ever been busted. Of course, the skeptics and debunkers would say there's nothing to this at all. This is all mundane scavenger action. This is a lot of people getting hysterical. Uh, The media is fanning the flames of this hysteria. And every dead cow out there is being uh, seen as by amateurs as being mutilated. And, you know, these these are not tenable. Uh, We have plenty of cases that would suggest that that intelligence is being applied to these uh, operations, these experiments possibly. And uh, coyotes don't cut hair follicles uh, in a straight line. Uh, It's just not part of a natural predation and scavenging uh, scenario. So there does appear to be intelligence behind this, whether it's human intelligence, whether it's some sort of preternatural intelligence, whether it's ETs, whether it's uh, any number of fantastic, you know, what if scenarios is still open to quite a bit of debate. But David and I often agree and kind of joke when we you know, come up with the assertion that it doesn't matter which theory you come up with and, and you know, you present the supportive data to, to, you know, argue that particular theory, David and I can take the opposite view and and totally negate that theory. So this is a very, very slippery slope of it doesn't matter what you come up with to try to explain this. There's more than enough data to refute that particular explanation. And round and round we go. Let me ask you here, Chris, is there... A starting point here, like in the UFO field, we always say Kenneth Arnold's sighting, June 24th, 1947, was the progenitor of UFO cases. Of course, if you do your research, you find that's not quite true, that you've had sightings far back in the past. But is there a first case or first important case when it comes to cattle mutilations? Well, yeah, the Typhoid Mary publicized case is the Snippy the Horse case, or Lady the Horse, as Linda likes to remind everybody, uh, that happened uh, the end of the first week of September 1967. But again, really digging into this whole thing, we have cases and waves of livestock mutilations that go back to the earliest one I can find is 1606 in the Shires around London. There were cases in Australia in the 20s uh, and and around the turn of the century. We had cases, potential cases in the uh, early to mid-60s in Pennsylvania, the John Keel and Ivan Sanderson individually and collectively looked into. But the Snippy the Horse case is is widely considered, and and, and rightfully so, as the first international news story uh, about this kind of of case. And uh, that pretty much is ground zero. And of course, the Snippy case occurred uh, about 25, 30 miles from where I lived in Colorado for 13 years, and just over the hill from where David lived uh, 
in Libre. He arrived, I think the, your first trip out there was in 68, so it would have been the following year. But uh, over the years, uh, that pretty much uh, is considered to be the first publicized case. What would you add on that, David? I would add the Alexander Hamilton cow napping case of 1897. Yeah. Uh, This sort of set the stage for aerial craft uh, abducting cattle, even though it's hotly uh, debated whether that was even true or whether it was a hoax. Nonetheless, uh, we'll we'll start talking in a while about memes. Uh, These are... You know, ideas that are perpetuated through the culture. It's a, a cultural uh, equivalent of a gene, basically. That uh, it's what propels culture. It's passed from mind to mind. It's an image that takes hold and passes through the culture and directs the culture to some extent. So, if you're, you're talking about planting of memes of the cattle mutilation meme, I would have, have to say that would be important, even if it was a hoax. It was still a highly successful meme. Yeah, and uh, we did quite a bit of digging. You especially uh, uncovered some some new information about that particular case, and we very carefully sort of backtracked the the stories at the time when this occurred and how this uh, particular story was was debunked by Jerome Clark uh, in the seventies, where uh, he came forward and said, oh, well, this was, uh, you know, a joke perpetrated by a member of a liar's club, and there's nothing to see here move along, folks. And David did uh, many hours of research and digging into old newspaper uh, archives and and really combing through what was available online about this particular person, Alexander Hamilton. And David, you, you uncovered some interesting things that kind of refute what uh, what Jerry Clark had to say in terms of dismissing the case as, as a hoax. And this well, is something, by the way, we'll get into more detail in our next segment. Isn't it funny, though, that on last week's episode of the Paracast, we did feature Jerome Clark. We did not focus, though, on cattle mutilations. Just want to let everyone know that those who haven't heard last week's episode yet, we talk more about other stuff and very heavily about his connection with Fate magazine. In any case, this week, it's a super, super special episode about cattle mutilations in light of the publication of Stalking the Herd by Chris O'Brien. His friend, mentor, colleague, David Perkins has joined us. A lot more to come with Gene and Chris. You're in. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. 
That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. For years, you've been hearing about Herbal Healer Academy and how it's remained the leader in effective, alternative, and natural medicine and education. But how can they continue to hold that title for years on end? The answer is high quality and huge selection. Just visit HerbalHealer.com and shop online or request a free catalog. You're bound to find the alternative you're looking for. Did you know that Herbal Healer carries the latest, safest, and effective weight loss products? You can also count on Herbal Healer for the largest selection of safe and natural supplements just for children. And don't forget your pets. Herbal Healer even has natural mineral supplements for all your animals, including horses, cows, and birds. Take a peek at their online calendar, and you're sure to find everything you need and maybe something you didn't realize you needed. Visit HerbalHealer.com and don't forget to sign up for the free Herbal Healer newsletter. HerbalHealer.com, working with the power of nature. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. I knew he'd do that. So David, how do you put up with that? Does he do that when you're (laughs) working with him? Does he come up with stuff like that? Yes, he does. Constantly. Constantly does. We amuse each other no end. <laughs> We're going to take it on the road as a comedy, stand-up comedy team one of these days. Yeah, we've been working on that for a while, haven't we? So first we have to get you on The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then once you do that, you can go out there. Maybe do a two-step or something. Oh, yeah. Let's get back to a real discussion. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, let's let's continue uh, talking about Alexander Hamilton and the uh, the infamous uh, calf napping case. Uh, basically, just as a thumbnail sketch for some of our first time listeners or people not aware of this particular case, in I think it was the Yates Center, Kansas newspaper, a story was published that claimed uh, this pillar of the community, Alexander Hamilton, who David uh, subsequently found out was the justice of the peace for the county. Um, claimed that uh, he and uh, one of his ranch hands and I think his son, uh, in broad daylight, uh, witnessed what appeared to be one of these great airships uh, overhead. And uh, at first, he, he noticed one of his calves was uh, caught up in a fence and was, was bawling. And he ran out to, to see what was wrong and noticed that it was uh, entangled in the fence because it was being, I guess, dragged off by this blimp-like uh, object that was sailing overhead. And he tried to free the cow, and it it became free from the fence and then sailed off, uh, you know, after this, you know, being tied to a rope uh, from this airship. And I think it was, what, uh, the following day, it was found two days later, um, eviscerated, but uh, they were able to ID the calf because of the brand. Yeah. Did I get all that right? I think I did. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure it was eviscerated. I'm not sure. Um, But uh, the the thing about Hamilton, I'm still a little puzzled by. And I'm used to doing genealogy work in old newspapers. I'm a member of all the newspaper archive sites and uh, can go back. And I've done a lot of that stuff. And it's it's puzzling for somebody who was such a prominent person uh, in that region that there's virtually nothing about him or his wife in the papers. And, and in those days, they, they publicized every little thing you did. If you went to lunch at, you know, Fred Murphy's house, boy, that was going to be in the newspaper. But there's just nothing there. I, I, the one thing I found was that, uh, I be- believe it was two days after the incident, he Hamilton submitted his resignation as Justice of the Peace to the governor. Uh, this was... Uh, it's just odd. It just seemed uh, there different ways you could probably read that. It's like he knew that he was going to, you know, take a beating for for coming up with such an outlandish story. and felt maybe that his dignity as the justice of the peace might, uh, you know, might not work for him that way. So he quit. But why he quit, I don't know. That's it. but I just can't find anything else on him. Basically, uh, some very strange. Another affidavit that he filed with another newspaper was quite odd uh, about his uh, political leanings and slavery and this, that, and the other. And uh, Chris and I just scratch our heads about that one. And that's been left out of all the reports because it's just so baffling. But there's a lot there that is still not explained in my mind. And I think Chris is rightfully is keeping this case alive. And I I still don't think it's entirely put, put away. Well, Jerome Clark mentioned that uh, Hamilton uh, confessed that it was a hoax and that uh, it was all part of a liars' club, uh, you know, trick on on the public. And David actually was able to find the original article that 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 Jerry Clark referred to, and in that article is the most ridiculous disclaimer by Hamilton saying, oh, uh, it must have been an optical illusion. I must, my eyes must have tricked me. It, it was a lightning bug flying over with a hair hanging down from it, and an ant was crawling up the hair, and that must have been the calf. I mean, it, to me, that's uh, it, it just doesn't have any semblance of 
any sort of confession or mea culpa about perpetrating the hoax. In fact, uh, to me, it, it indicates the opposite, that he was embarrassed and he was coming up with the most outlandish scenario to explain why he would come up with such such a you know sensational uh, claim as he did about his calf. And of course, uh, Jerry never mentioned that the calf was discovered uh, some couple miles away. And I do believe it was missing parts, David, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm not so sure. there's no mention of an affidavit really in that article. He just does come up with this outlandish explanation. And I, th- I, I really have a sense that Jerry spun that um, as a way to disassociate any sort of UFO type object with the mystery of cattle mutilations, which at the time of his article was a very big ongoing story in the 70s. And David and I have both kind of wondered um, why, over the years, uh, we've been able to dig up some pretty interesting information about some of the main uh, players in the field of ufology trying to place the blame for uh, the mutilation waves that were occurring in the 70s on Satanists and and occultists. And uh, as the book kind of very patiently (laughs) sort of lays out, there seems to be an indication of a concerted effort by certain members uh, of the ufological community, most notably Alan Hynek, uh, to totally disassociate and separate the, the, the meme of cattle mutilations from the UFO phenomenon. And the Jerry Clark assertion in the Fate article, I believe, uh, is where he originally published it. Uh, it. It just, there's something that doesn't ring true about that. And, um, Love to ask Jerry about that next time we talk to him. I'm sorry I wasn't able to last week. But, uh, you know, this is just emblematic of, of the the types of approaches that that I was trying to take. And, and with, with a great amount of effort and help on David's part, we really tried to identify when certain theories to attempt to explain the mutilations in the 70s, where they kind of were formulated, who were the, the, the players that were... Uh, promoting particular disclaimers and and alternative theories. And it's very, very uh, fascinating uh, to look at how certain explanations kind of took hold within the the media or took hold within the law enforcement community and how they they kind of spun off in their own direction. And David and I have always, uh, I think, agreed that the mutilations are horrific and they're, you know, there's something that um, that deserve investigative and research attention, but what is even more fascinating is how these particular theories, uh, you know, sort of grow legs and have a life of their own and spin off into directions that are then sort of enmeshed into the popular culture. And uh, David was was very instrumental in spending hundreds of hours tracking down uh, certain leads and and really backtracking. Uh, certain stories. You'll never hear from Linda Howe or some of the other investigators out there that are convinced this is ETs. You'll never hear that some of the waves of mutilations that that began in the Midwest uh, were started uh, on top of waves of cattle uh, rustling, for instance, and and, and incredible numbers of well-documented mystery helicopter sightings. Uh, You'll never hear about cases of hooded figures uh, carrying torches, trying to block traffic uh, in in one one particular case. Or as David found out, which was a big surprise to me, there even seems to be a hairy hominid 
precursor kind of scenario going on in several areas of the Midwest that uh, that we can talk about. David, what do you think? Uh, I mean, you did a, a tremendous amount of really detailed work researching some of these things that I've just mentioned. Uh, what is your thinking? Before we get into that, we're going to break in a moment. And I want to listen to you folks talk about the various theories and why some of those theories just do not pass muster. Of course, it's true in a lot of these fields that once a theory gets out there and some people embrace it, facts no longer matter. Chris's book is called Stalking the Herd. There is a website called stalkingtheherd.com where you find out more about the book and you can order an autographed copy. Chris will sign it. He'll sign as many as you people order. With Gene and Chris, more to come with David Perkins. You're in the Paracast. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Hey everyone, have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional quality results, here's our favorite host Cheryl for no-no hair removal. Thanks. Hey gals, I love talking about my no-no. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-no has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors. So it's perfect for using on all body parts. And now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial. Get the no-no, the facial kit, a travel case, and a $100 discount shopping card. And you don't risk a penny to try it. Try the incredible no-no hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-6062. That's 800-953-6062. 800-953-6062. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MYTV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. 
Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's DrOrtman.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. So let's look at the theories and maybe do a little myth busting here. As David Perkins joins Gene and Chris, the book is Stalking the Herd. So David, you're the myth buster, right? That's it. Start busting some myths. Go ahead, please. Well, oh gee, where do you begin on this one? First of all, I'd like to emphasize to your listeners how important it is that they obtain Chris's book and read it all the way through and get up to speed and educate yourself. In fact, read all of Chris's books. I see uh, some of your listeners, they say, well, I've read one of Chris's books. That was good. It's like, read them all and read them back to back and then read them again. People need to get up to speed on this kind of stuff. And uh, if you're interested in... solved mysteries this is probably the greatest one ever and with the biggest implications of any mystery that i can think of no matter what the answer is it's huge what chris does such a fine job of in this book is is detailing where all of these theories came from going all the way back well say going back to snippy in particular which he does a fantastic job uh better than any written uh account of that i've ever read uh, in terms of how the meme or the myth took off from Snippy with the owner of the horse, Nellie Lewis, uh, telling the Associated Press, flying, a flying saucer killed my horse. Doesn't get any stronger than that for a tabloid headline or any kind of headline, but this is Associated Press. It went all over the world. It was uh, an enormous uh, beginning of the myth, which uh, we are still in that myth, working in that myth right to this very day. Years and years and years later. Uh, so that uh, 
then it took uh, the permutations, I guess, started uh, after in the early 70s when uh, it became a little, uh, more to uh, in public consciousness. Uh, people started saying, well, it sounds like cults to me, or it must be the government, or those were the, the prominent theories of the day. Uh, I've said to Chris that to me, uh, I'm working on this more from a social science point of view. That's my training. That's been my interest, and that's my skills, more than a hard science point of view. But to me, looking at the theories, uh, it's like a Rorschach test of culture. Whatever you see, you see, you see Snippy the horse mutilated, and what comes to your mind is basically what you fear or what you invoke or want want to see happen, whether it's uh, a flying saucer scenario or whether you're afraid of cults or if you're think afraid of the government or you're afraid of bigger powers out there that might squash you in some way or the other. Uh, it tends to mirror what your fears and expectations are. Right off the bat, uh, you've got classifications of people that see, you know, it's like Greg Bishop uh, was saying, you, you're going to find what you expect to find in his forward there. And to some degree, that's true. However, I would differ from with that a little bit in that uh, when I started off in this, I fully expected to find the government behind it. And if, briefly, I thought, well, maybe it could be cults, but no, it doesn't, the evidence doesn't seem to support that in the scale that this is happening. Uh, so I didn't end up finding what I expected to find. I had no idea I was going to be sitting here years and years later trying to sort out these various theories. Depending on where you would want to start, I mean, there's a certain amount of evidence for each, uh, each of those major theories. And like Chris says, it, all the evidence tends to negate uh, itself. There's an, enough, just enough evidence behind each theory to give it some plausibility. All right, let's look at E.T., because E.T. is one of the more popular theories, and very likely because of one of the main offenders, Linda Moulton Howe. So, what does E.T. have in its favor, although we haven't even proven that E.T. is here, although it's a common theory with regard to UFOs? What's in its favor? What is against it? Well, what, what's in its favor, uh, you know, from my point of view, you sift all these things down in terms of what their plausibility quotient really is. And if you're going to say ETs are behind the cattle mutilations, to me it's about the same as saying God is behind the cattle mutilations. Because ET, if you're looking at an extraterrestrial civilization that is you know, interfering with Earth's uh, activities, it could be a million years in advance of what our civilization is. Any amount that it would, you know, would put them ahead of us would make anything they do possible. Anything they could possibly do is plausible because they're so far advanced. They can make us think what they want us to think, see what they want us to see, uh, manipulate us mercilessly. So, you know, once you arrive at that particular theory, then, you know, all bets are off. They can do anything. Uh, so, so that kind of leaves you in a cul-de-sac. But if E.T. is responsible, wouldn't there be more evidence of a higher grade of technology? That's a good point. And uh, with a lot of these paranormal phenomena, it seems like the technology, that so-called technology that we're witnessing is just slightly ahead of where we are as humans. And I, I, you know, the, the airship wave uh, is an example of that. That was 1896, 1897, just as we were on the verge of uh, flight, the Wright brothers. Uh, it was, so it was 
just barely ahead of where we were, what, what we were seeing in the skies at, at that time. Uh, same f- for modern-day flying saucers. It seems like it's just slightly ahead. I mean, more than five years, obviously. But uh, So there, I've always seen it as the phenomena tends to, to mold itself into something that's just where we're going. It's pulling us toward that, that position, and it's, it's uh, bringing all that to public consciousness and creating expectation and uh, excitement and forward motion. So it's something that kind of pulls us along. So uh, you're implying here it's a cultural phenomenon, but it has to have something more than just a conventional explanation because if it's always one step beyond, then obviously there has to be something more involved than basically cultists or pranksters or something like that. Yes, there's a lot more involved. This is I cannot stress how complex this issue is. It is just enormously complex. I mean, I, I know because I've worked on it for almost 40 years in a very sustained way. And Chris has worked on it many, many years. Uh, sort of what, like, the more you know, the more you don't know. And it, it's not an easy thing to even uh, define what the issue is. And that's why I rarely do radio, because it's, my type of theorizing, speculation and provisional theories, don't lend themselves that well to sound bites and short uh, Snippets. It's very, very complex. Yeah, nuanced. <laughs> Extremely nuanced. <laughs> and well, well, to give an example uh, for Gene here, uh, people, you know, back in the, uh, let's say, 72 through 74 uh, period when the cattle mutilation meme really hadn't uh, captured the imagination of, of the public like it did from 75 through 79, uh, it, for instance, in Iowa, as I mentioned earlier, there were there was a rash of of cattle rustling cases that were associated with mystery helicopters. Now, Linda Howe would would say, well, those were UFOs masking themselves as helicopters. Yet we have a number of really sensational accounts, uh, well documented, of actual gun battles between people aboard helicopters and ranchers trying to protect their herd. And in one case, there was even somebody on the ground firing at the rancher. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I've yet to encounter any sort of really slam-dunk case of a UFO uh, encounter where the occupants of the UFO were firing uh, small <laughs> lead projectiles um, at, the, <laughs> at the witness. So, like David said and like I said earlier... For every theory you come up with, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that there's something else much more complicated going on in this scenario. And it's, uh, I think Linda coined the term, it's like a a hall of mirrors with a quicksand floor. Uh, It it doesn't matter which direction you go in, you're going to hit stumbling blocks along the way that negate a particular theory. And I think it's it's really important that investigators and researchers are open-minded enough and objective enough to entertain all the data and not be selective, not cherry-pick the cases that tend to conform to your preconceived uh, ideas or uh, possible solutions uh, to the scenario. And uh, it's just you go round and round with this. And, and David, early on in uh, 78, 79 – came up with the observation that many of these areas of high incidence, in fact, a, a vast majority of them, 
appeared to be downwind and downstream of where we mine uranium, have nuclear power plants, weaponize uh, nuclear materials, uh, have them in missile silos. I mean, the, the missile fields around southern Montana and northern Colorado. And uh, so we really have to have to be uh, intellectually honest about uh, observing these things. We have David Perkins joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Contact me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. M-B-R-O-W-E-R at GCNlive.com. That's mbrower at GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-3663. FreezeDryGuy.com Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we're very happy to welcome David Perkins. And I do hope that having broken the ice with us here, breaking bread with me Mm -hmm. here in the Paracast, you're going to come back. I love it. I'm glad to hear that because I love having you on. You're a fun guy to talk to, and Mm -hmm. we're going to really make this one of the best episodes of the show ever. Okay, so we're seeing here that the technology is one step beyond us. The other theory is that cultists are involved. What's the status of that, and what's the authority for it? I would say the status is fairly low. Chris, uh, I think, tends to give a little more credence to some of these other theories than I do. But I, the more I'm into this, and the more I think that is a real dead end. 
And there may have been, in the past, some cult involvement with some form of animal sacrifice, mutilation, whatever, uh, that uh, got law enforcement pretty excited there for a while. But there again, there were no arrests, there were no charges, there were no convictions. It was all rumor, rumor, rumor. And everything seemed to, you know, glom on to the mutilation phenomenon for its own purposes. Chris talks about this in his book really well. It's just, it's so fascinating culturally how this happened. And he unravels it just beautifully. But uh, in terms of the the, the cultist angle, what I was going to say a minute ago about the theories was that it's this elaborate system of red herrings. Who or whatever is behind the mutilation seems to have incredible uh, insight into human psychology in terms of how to keep mutilations bubbling along and uh, have the theories bouncing off of each other and providing, say, an occult site somewhere near a cattle mutilation. And then everybody gets all excited about that for a while. Or, you know, something is planted uh, that just leads everybody in the other direction for quite a while. And then one factor that we haven't discussed is the so-called giggle factor, which uh, is, you know, whoever's behind the mutilations, uh, like I say, has a really uh, good you know, concept of what human psychology and belief systems are. For instance, the large, hairy creatures, the Bigfoot creatures that uh, appear sometimes in the cattle mutilation scenarios, all you have to do is mention Bigfoot in your description of cattle mutilations like Newsweek did back in 74. Uh, you put that in the first sentence of your article. Well, farmers are reporting cattle mutilations and some even saw UFOs and some saw large hairy creatures running around. So That's, basically, it, this is nonsense, this is nonsense, therefore, this is nonsense. Right. exactly. So it, it's, it's quite, uh, whether it's by coincidence or design, I tend to think it's by design because it's just so perfectly done that uh, once you introduce that giggle factor, the public reads that and says, oh, dear, this is nonsense. It's all nonsense. Uh, and that giggle factor, you know, goes on into almost all paranormal phenomena, the UFOs in particular. Some of the more outrageous and high strange cases seem perfectly designed to promote that giggle factor, which will then back off the scientific community that may have had some interest in pursuing it. Once they see that giggle factor in there, they're out of it. Let me ask you briefly about another theory, which is that a rival rancher is at work here. They want to put out a competing business, and they're resorting to dirty tricks. Any possibility of that? Uh, In a word, no. (laughs) Well, I disagree. This is where David and I disagree. Okay. Uh, Taylor Ranch cases in the San Luis Valley, uh, I think, are very, very suggestive of a large, very wealthy rancher trying to drive uh, neighboring ranches out of business with uh, dozens and dozens of cases being perpetrated and helicopters seen taking off and landing at the rich rancher's property. Helicopters that were thought by law enforcement in the surrounding ranching community to be directly involved with the mutilations. Uh, One fact that I uncovered uh, during my research is very interesting that 80% of the small ranching operations that were in business in 1975 at the height of the mutilation craze, if you want to call it, uh, are out of business now. And in their place are these huge industrialized feedlots that now process up to 400 animals, uh, head of cattle an hour. So I wouldn't totally discount the political, uh, you know, societal manipulation. You're right. 
yeah. the intimidation angle, I wouldn't I wouldn't factor it completely out because there I, is right. a tantalizing body of evidence. But however, if you back off and look at the enti- the entirety of the mutilation phenomenon worldwide, uh, it just thousands of cases, thousands. It seems like what you're describing is true in uh, in these specific instances, and, and you can find uh, on the periphery of this phenomenon just about any scenario you want. But whether that's actually at the heart of what is behind the cattle mutilations, I just don't think so. Yeah. Well, I would agree with that. Uh, and you cannot use that particular you know, scenario to describe the 1606 wave of sheep mutilations around London, hundreds right. and hundreds of sheep. But I think, uh, as I've always said, and, and I think you've agreed uh, to a certain extent over the years, that it appears to be multiple groups that are piggybacking their agenda on other agendas, which they may or may not be you know, uh, totally aware of you know, what, what the actual motivation is for the other agendas. But it seems like we're seeing a layering of misidentified scavenger action, which is many cases, uh, I think, are just mistakenly uh, referred to as cattle mutilations when they're in, in, in truth not. And it does bolster the debunker skeptical view that all of these cases um, are misidentified scavenger action. It, it, it gives them at least some ammunition uh, to work with. But when you see cut hair follicles, when you see uh, unborn fetuses mutilated, and some of the high strange cases that feature uh, ketamine, even I think in one case we had mescaline was found in the uh, post-mortem analysis of, oh, yeah. of uh, a mutilated cow, uh, barbiturates, anticoagulants, uh, hundreds of helicopter sightings. These slam dunk any sort of one-size-fits-all debunker theory uh, in explanation. So True. I think David would agree that we're looking at layering. So multiple explanations may be involved here, but of course, a lot of people who cover stuff like this are looking for one answer. There's got to be one answer to explain everything. Once they seize upon that one answer, it doesn't matter that there is evidence showing something else. That's very true. And uh, as I said just a while ago, though, I think you have to kind of clear aside what you're going to have to determine are peripheral issues, like the cultists, perhaps, like running small ranchers out of business. And look at the body of uh, material that the mutilations uh, make up. And I think Chris does such a great job in you know the heart of the book. Page after page after page of case studies. I, it's just overwhelming to me. When I hadn't actually ever seen that all put together in one place. And once you see that and you realize, for instance, you factor in something like Argentina, uh, which, what was the number? 3,000? Well, yeah, that was an estimate, but we really don't know because uh, yeah. it's obvious a lot of cases weren't reported. But, it, you know, you must also have the caveat here that right as foot and mouth disease, a, an amazing outbreak that was devastating to, to ranching in South America, right at the end of a wave of foot and mouth disease, and they, they thought they were had finally eradic- eradicated it. Boom, that's when you had the start of the wave of mutilations in Argentina and Brazil and, and then peripheral cases uh, nearby, uh, Uruguay and other, uh, other South American countries. Uh, so there, there's always this kind of – the phenomenon gives itself an out. Uh, and and it, it shoots off into various directions. In, in the North American cases in the 70s, you had a lot of mystery helicopter sightings. You could almost say in the waves in South America from 2002 uh, to the present day, actually, but uh, for those first three years, 2002 through 2005, 
you have the substitute for the mystery helicopter with UFO reports. So no depending on where these waves occur, you, you tend to see similar descriptions that are unique for that particular area in that wave. In the case of South America UFOs, in the case of the Midwest in the 70s, uh, mystery helicopters, and of course some UFO reports, mystery lights, that sort of thing. So whatever happens, wherever it happens, there's always a tantalizing body of evidence that shoots you off in a particular direction and, and gets you, you know, caught up in trying to prove or disprove that particular element. We have more to come with David Perkins and Gene and Chris. So much more, you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Gold, it's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. 
There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more, more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, we're not giving free glasses of milk with this. <laughs> you know, I just want to tell you something, Chris. In helping you put together the book, doing the desktop publishing and everything, Stalking the Herd, when I read the sections on the way we deal with meat production, I wanted to become a vegetarian real fast. <laughs> then I had a hamburger. Careful, Gene. We don't want the uh, one of the largest political lobbies in the country to be listening to the show and slap you with an Oprah suit. Well, they won't even advertise. You know, they can always have counter-programming. Say, look, you know, beef, it's what's for dinner. We're going to advertise on the show to express our point of view. Yeah, yeah. And we can't get Robert Mitchum to do the uh, tagline anymore because he's long gone. Well, yeah, this is a paranormal radio show. Let's just call him back. (laughs) I was thinking last week when we had Fate Magazine and Phyllis Galdi, the publisher, was talking about this medium she knows. Maybe we could call up Steve Jobs. And see what he thinks of Apple since he yeah. died. <laughs> well, I don't know uh, if that's going to be a fruitful avenue to go down. I have had people remote view some scenarios that I investigated in the San Luis Valley and was always, it was amusing to see the kinds of results that they would come up with. But, uh, you, you know, again, I, I, I think what really should come through loud and clear to the listeners out there is that this is not a simple cut-and-dried scenario. It is incredibly complicated, incredibly nuanced. You really have to uh, really have a full grasp of the enormity of these thousands and thousands of cases that have been reported uh, for decades. And it's only when you really have a sense of the full totality of this mystery do you really appreciate how mysterious it really is. And I think David would agree with that. Oh, yeah. Now, let me ask you something here. It's perceived also that cattle mutilations kind of peaked in the 70s and 80s and thereabouts. Do we still hear about them in fairly large numbers? Yeah, well, I'll let David take that. Yeah, oh, uh, definitely. Not large numbers, though, I wouldn't say. But well, is, South America aside in the early yeah. 2000s, I mean, that, well, that it, was, there were that amazing was numbers of cases down there. In terms of the United States, it's one here, one there. One over in Montana, one over in Kansas. It's not like waves like where counties in Colorado in the 70s were having 90 in one year. 
those days are not here. But there's there's still just a few out there, just enough to make you think that it, whatever it is is still going on in this country, and especially now apparently in South America. Well, in the 90s, too, we did see uh, quite an upsurge of cases, or maybe it was just an upsurge in in, in uh, efforts by people like myself and, and you. Uh, we did uncover quite a number of cases uh, between 92 and 96. Uh, that four-year period had uh, dozens and dozens of cases, uh, many that I had personally investigated, uh, several that you actually went on. Uh, David and I always have our eyes open for uh, potential reports. We have a network of sources out there that for years has been feeding us, you know, uh, potential cases. Linda Howe has done a good job of monitoring the ranch lands here in the United States and and, and in South America. Scott Corrales down uh, at the Journal of uh, Institute of uh, Hispanic, uh, uh, what's it called, Explicata, I think his publication is, uh, many, many uh, reports and stories uh, as recent as, you know, we had a number of, of mutilated cattle that washed ashore in Sweden and Denmark uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, which may or may not have had uh, a mundane sort of prosaic explanation. But uh, we, we were not seeing the numbers that we saw uh, in the 70s here in the United States. Uh, I, I mean, I think I was looking for our record on a single night. I think it was six different states. I think David that reported cases in a single 24-hour period uh, at one point. Uh, there was a major upsurge in 79 of cases uh, that actually rated an entire chapter in the book. I had no idea that 79 was such a, a major flap year for, for the mutilation phenomenon. Let me and, ask you a uh, fast question here, Chris. I'd like to hear some of our listener responses in a moment. And that is... You mentioned earlier about cattle mutilations occurring in or around nuclear facilities. Yeah, let me let me run with that one. Sure, David. Chris brought that up before the last break, and that was uh, a theory that I came up with in the late 70s, which uh, I just went over all that material last night, and I'm still pretty amazed by it when I see it all again. Basically, the idea was that... Uh, what the parts missing on the cattle were consistent with what one would take to analyze the extent of uh, nuclear contamination in a living entity. Uh, people would say, you know, in those days, well, if the government wants to experiment on cows, why don't they just have their own herd over there in Kansas somewhere and experiment all they want? But obviously, the idea uh, is that uh, the cows were important where they are in the environment, it seemed to me. And if you, I, I put I put together this big map back then, with all these little pins in it. You know, I marked every single mutilation and every single uranium processing, milling, nuclear weapons testing, anything having to do with the nuclear cycle. And I looked at that, put it all together, just because I need visual aids sometimes to look at these things. And I thought, well, this is really interesting, but there sure are a lot of coincidences here about uh, where these mutilations happen and these uh, nuclear sites. And I was particularly intrigued by the upper Midwest, where uh, the nuclear plants were just coming online in the late 60s and early 70s. In particular, uh, Minnesota, Illinois. Uh, these plants would come online, say, in 1970, and in 19, you know, the same year or weeks later after it came online, there'd be a cattle mutilation downwind and downstream. Is there a percentage yeah. 
of cattle mutilations that occur near such facilities that you can compare with the number that occur elsewhere? In other words, is it a very high proportion? I would say it is. Uh, Looking at the map, when you can really see it all spread out into Canada, for instance, and then uh, information that came to me later about where, say, the nuclear uh, test in Nevada, where all that radiation ended up, I was amazed that so much of it blew north into Canada, into Alberta and Saskatchewan, which have been, you know, terrific uh, cattle mutilation hotspots. Uh, and the anomaly that's presented there that Chris and I have discussed quite a bit, we're always after the anomaly within the anomaly because that's, that's fruitful. But if you look at the map, there, there are very few relatively uh, uh, mutilation cases upwind from the Nevada test site. For instance, California is virtually untouched. Uh, Oregon, Washington, very few. Arizona, very few. The prevailing winds didn't generally sweep over Arizona. But if you, follow, if you look at the map of where the radiation ended up uh, across the United States and into Canada, that were, those were the highest concentrations of mutilations. So uh, it's, it's still an anomaly that I can't quite figure out how to explain any other way. Why California, for instance, is, is relatively unscathed. There are a couple there, actually, that uh, were in proximity to their nuclear power plants. But, and same for Oregon and Washington. Let's break it here. David Perkins joins Gene and Chris. We're talking about cattle mutilations and more. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com U.S., one in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $29.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and comes with free shipping. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. 
I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on Big Pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338 and talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins and herbs. utopiasilver.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? reason, David, I asked about the incidents of cattle mutilations near nuclear facilities was because of the book UFOs and Nukes by Robert Hastings, right? where you have a high percentage of UFO cases in and around nuclear installations. Yes, uh, it's been a, a theme from the very beginning, uh, the correlation between uh, UFOs and nukes. And, and then I, uh, that was part of my, knowing that at the time, I, that was part of my logic for, well, let's see if this, this continues on into the mutilation phenomenon, which to my mind, it did to a great extent. David, there were 84 cases within the missile fields surrounding Malmstrom Air Force Base and uh, the surrounding bases that kind of supported the the extensive missile fields there were uh, Nebraska, Colorado, and and Montana come together there in in Wyoming. You know, I I asked this uh, when we had Robert Hastings on on the show, and he said there were at least 50. And then doing further research, I found out there were as many as 80 that were within the, the actual missile fields. Oh, boy, that was a showstopper. You know what? It's hard. It sounds like David's the kind of person it's really hard to say something where he'll be stopped in his tracks. No, I'm not stopped. Okay. Uh, there, there are kind of two different things going on here with that, with that nuclear connection. Uh, one is what I just described as uh, the environmental monitoring. To get off another direction briefly... Uh, it was a theory that I was proposing in the 70s. It got some fair amount of press coverage. Uh, you had uh, Greg Valdez on the other day, 
Uh, and I was in close contact with his father, Gabe Valdez, in those days. I was feeding him all of that information about the nuclear connection. The last time I ever talked to Gabe, he had called me up to uh, get some documents that I had on, actually, Malmstrom Air Force Base. Uh, and he was working for NIDS. And I asked him before we hung up, I said, well, what can you tell me about your work with NIDS? And he said, well, I can't really tell you much, but I'll tell you one thing, Dave. Uh, you were right about a lot of that stuff. And I went, what What stuff? <laughs> yeah. And I presume he was talking about the, the nuclear <laughs> connection. Right. Uh, yeah, that's all he would say. And that's the last time I ever talked to him. But as Greg said in his interview the other day, uh, that, that NIDS, I guess, and, and Gabe in particular, came to the conclusion that it was environmental mo nuclear monitoring from the gas buggy site at, near Dulce. And that eventually it switched over to, the say, the Red River, New Mexico area where there was a slight different technique. And he claimed that that was because they were, at that point, it switched to testing uh, microwave-type uh, weapons. So that, that nuclear thing still exists uh, in that mythology. But what Chris is uh, talking about, Malmstrom and nuclear uh, facilities of that nature... To me, it doesn't, that doesn't seem like an environmental monitoring issue uh, in terms of penetrating uh, nuclear yeah, That's intimidation stories. tactics. That is intimidation. That is, uh, it, and it carries over into so many places. Again, I was looking at this last night. Uh, almost every missile field in the United States is just riddled with cattle mutilation activity and or helicopters, UFOs, and so on. Uh, and to me, that is uh, some sort of symbolic uh, communication. It's like, hey, forget it. Your your weapons are nonsense. You know, we can fly around and do anything we want. You can chase us. You'll never catch us. Uh, it's it's a statement of uh, uh, how impotent our defenses and our weaponry really are. So there, there are two different things happening there. I don't think they're exactly monitoring the environment around these right. sites. Well, that that also uh, bolsters Linda and other uh, ET adherents uh, in terms of their theory that uh, this is all ETs just running roughshod over any uh, semblance of uh, command and control that we have over our airspace, and and like you said, rendering any thoughts of uh, being able to defend ourselves with nuclear weapons as as you know ridiculous, and right. and, and and that does make some sense. But you know, you have. You know, the Dulce cases, for instance, you mentioned Project Gas Buggy. For those of you out there who are not aware of what that was, it was the first of, I think, a schedule of four underground nuclear detonations that were uh, the first real uh, attempt uh, under the auspices of uh, Operation Plowshare to use nuclear weapons uh, in a civilian capacity. And along with the El Paso Gas uh, Company and uh, one of our national labs, uh, they detonated a 29-megaton nuclear device uh, 4,000 feet down, just 20 miles, I think, southwest of Dulce to free up a gas deposit. And what did they do? They ended up irradiating all the gas, which they couldn't use, and compromised the, the water table. And now we have these, these highly elevated uh, levels of environmental cancers that are springing up around the Hickory Apache Reservation that surrounds Dulce. Uh, so... You know, you have, on one hand, you have this indication that possibly uh, the cases that Gabe Valdez was very, very closely involved with 
uh, in the 70s into the 80s on the Gomez Ranch could possibly be an environmental monitoring process. But at the same time, Gabe, and as, as we found out with our interview with Greg, Gabe also uh, suspected that there was some sort of other uh, exotic aerial technology that possibly the government was was using to to help perpetrate some of these cases. And so all this stuff is like a tightly wound sort of Gordian knot that, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many times we can say how, how confusing and, and just con- confounding this whole thing is. But uh, you really have to slowly try to unravel uh, these particular threads of the knot, and that's why you know I chose that uh, that subtitle of unraveling the cattle mutilation mystery because you really do have to be intellectually honest and 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 really take each one of these threads and see how they coexist, how they may bounce off of one another, and how they may be connected or disconnected from one another. Just to bring our listeners up to date, we had Greg Valdez as a guest on the Paracast, August 4th, 2013. So if you want to download the episode, it's still there, just to let you know. And a little bit later, by the way, we'll start getting into some of your questions from forum.theparacast.com. I think a lot of them have been answered just by the nature of our conversation, right, right. Chris? Yeah, that's true. But there's some, uh, there some good ones that I think we should uh, kind of bounce off David here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, if you want, I can go ahead uh, and uh, and start in. Do we have time? We have time to start. Okay. Here's a good one from Burnt State, who's one of our real active posters at forum.theparacast.com. And he always comes up with interesting questions. And I thank you again uh, for for posting these. Here's a good one for you, David. Attending mutilated cow bodies over the years has to take a toll on researchers. Towards the end of the book... Uh, you expressed some personal disgust or at least disturbance on continuing to investigate mutilations. And that's kind of pointed at me. What has been the psychological toll of this investigation over the course of your lifetimes? And I would add the lifetimes (laughs) of other researchers. Let's talk about some of the pivotal figures in the field uh, from the seventies, Tom Adams, Gary Massey, uh, later on, Ted Oliphant. What, how does this affect uh, an investigator's psyche, David, do you think? Boy, that's a great question. Wow. Uh, first of all, I, I don't put too much credence in the you know chemical poisoning from being around the mutilations. I was around a lot of them. Uh, maybe 50 or so. I don't know. Uh, I didn't really have any ill effects from that. Uh, we have a few well-known cases where people did have gotten sick. But that has not been the case with me, and it's never been a big fear for some reason. It's probably stupidity. But uh, you, you said wear- it, we didn't. <laughs> you should be wearing a hazmat suit at all times when you approach these things, I guess. But uh, uh, that part, uh, I don't put too much credence in about um, the, the physical smells and chemicals and whatever involved. I just intuitively don't feel that's threatening to me. We'll have However, a lot more to say. And a lot more to present with David Perkins, with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent. 
independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV a little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have David Perkins. We're talking about that book, Stalking the Herd where we're unraveling all the ins, outs, and complexities about the cattle mutilation mystery. It's got a kind of an introduction there from David Perkins, who helped a lot with the research. Yeah, yeah. David was talking about the physical, uh, you know, the potential for physical problems. But I think Burnt State is more interested in in how how this really affects uh, investigators psychologically. That's what I said was the great question part of it, really. And a very kind of subjective and hard to, to figure, but I guess you could you could tally it by the, uh, the number of people that have been in this field and dropped out, uh, and just are gone forever. Uh, it, it's uh, it's destabilizing in some ways. Uh, it's very frustrating. You have to have a pretty level, calm demeanor and approach to this stuff. You can't get too excitable. It's like golf. You can't get too high. Can't get too low. You know. Uh, you just straight ahead, but uh, if you sometimes you consider the implications of what you're dealing with, and it's just overwhelming. It's just oh my goodness, this cannot be happening. This is so threatening to me and to society. And you go down that road, and you realize, well, that's not going to be too fruitful. Uh, so you have to find some happy balance. And I think Chris and I, have, with humor, uh, have managed to somehow stay afloat. I mean. Uh, it's the one thing that really saves the day is is seeing the humor and irony in these situations, and yeah. we have we have a field day with it, you know. And I think it keeps things light, keeps things easy, and it's a lot of people, you know, I, it's as serious as a heart attack to them. They just completely short out with this information once they immerse themselves in it, and then they uh, implode or their head explodes or something. I don't know. I've heard some <laughs> theories that make my head explode. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've seen some. Some spectacular wipeouts all the way to suicide, you know. Yeah. So uh, it can uh, take its toll. So therefore, what I do, I I sometimes just don't approach the subject for a while. Let the field lie fallow. I get too wound up in it, and I'll go do something else completely different. Try to change the subject. Come back to it with a fresh state of mind. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, it would be so much easier, I swear, if this had uh, never entered my life. Uh, it just It's exciting and, and threatening and uh, draining, and it's everything at once. But if you know, uh, if you think, as Chris and I do, that the implications here are so profound that it's very, very hard to let it go. We've sort of reached the point of no return. It's like, we've got to see it through. Yeah. Do you yeah, really it's... think, guys, that we're going to see it through? That's going to have a final explanation in our lifetimes. I lost a bet in 1993. (laughs) I bet a case of beer to Gary Massey that someone would be uh, at least convicted or or, or charged with accountability before the end of the century. And uh, seven years later, I went down to to David's house uh, in December 99 
Gary Massey and Tom Adams were there. I had the bet with Gary. I somehow managed to find a case of Texas beer in, in Colorado, uh, some Lone Star. Paid off my bet. And that was the last time I ever saw Gary or Tom. Tom disappeared, Look, dropped off the map. No right. one, his closest friends have never heard from him. It's been, what, 14, 15 years. Gary killed himself a number of years ago. Uh, there are some people, Ted Oliphant, who we had on the show, uh, one of my first shows I did on the Paracast. We had a mutilation roundtable. Ted Oliphant, shortly after, uh, said, don't ever uh, call me with any questions about the mutilations. I am out of it. I don't want to talk about it. Don't bother me with it. Peter Jordan. I could just go down the list. There's quite a number of people that have, uh, I guess you could call them, you know, casualties uh, that have totally distanced themselves from the subject and will not speak publicly about it. And uh, I think David brought up a really good point that you really need to be even keeled. You need to, to have a sense of irony. You need to look at the the you know the ridiculousness uh, of some of these uh, scenarios and some of these uh, theories and and y y you always have to look at it in in a light sort of humor sort of way or you will implode your head will explode. Ouch! So I might disappear one day. <laughs> I know there are some of our listeners who are just hoping and praying for that. No. Well, well, that's a good uh, lead into the following question. This one comes again from uh, from Burn State, and uh, David and I are planning to co-write an, an analysis of Stalking the Herd. Uh, the working title is Stalking the Stalkers, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better one. But Burn State you asks, don't like and, after the herd. <laughs> yeah, or like I said, I heard it through the cow pie. I, you know, whatever. Uh, we haven't decided, you know, completely on a title yet, but. Uh, Burn State says, in the follow-up book, what specific threads of ideas will you be pursuing in terms of stalking the stalkers, and how will you go about developing a line of inquiry that moves past investigating dead cow bodies over and over again? Okay. Well, I think the way Chris and I have discussed it, he had a lot of material that he didn't get into this book, uh, which I think you called Other Voices, or what did you call it? It was uh, people that had firsthand uh, investigative knowledge about yeah, the, theories and opinions, basically. Yeah, uh, to hear from those people would uh, I think would be good to get in into this new book. And then my idea of it was basically to take uh, each of the major theories and give its strong points, and then give its weak points, and keep uh, moving along. Maybe from the the easiest ones to the hardest ones, you know, and and really taking each theory and, and pulling up the evidence uh, that's been used to support that particular theory, viewing that from all angles, and then calmly tearing it down, <laughs> which I think we could do oh, until yeah. we arrive at some point where there is a process of elimination, uh, which uh, we don't know what that omega point is at this time, but uh, that'll be the exciting part to get to that that place. It's, yeah, more, it's yeah. more analyzing the theories than presenting the data, as Chris did in this book, which was uh, basically chronicling the whole phenomenon in as uh, great a detail as possible, but without going into like a lot of the scientific aspects that we came up with toward the end of working on Chris's book, the recent one, we had to leave out. They were just too undeveloped and uh, ill-formed at that point, but... We'd like to go back and revisit some of those things and just give a very careful analysis uh, of each of the theories and then see where we end up with. Yeah. 
Uh, here's a, a question in this a similar vein from Sue, who's not a very often poster at Paris uh, at forum.theparacast.com, but. <laughs> She has a question that's uh, pretty interesting. What would it take for the kind of work that you and Chris have done to be built upon by successive generations of researchers rather than be forgotten and maybe maybe later reinvented? <laughs> what was John Keel's quote? Something like, all of this won't matter much in a hundred years. It doesn't matter much now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's another one for you. No, 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 no. Uh, it does matter now. It does, it does. Uh, you know, the idea of legacy, I guess that's a little hard to take that one on at the moment. However, when you put this much work into it, as much as Chris and I have, you would really like to see the work continue, if on the off chance we don't solve it in our lifetime. And I think it will continue because these issues are always going to be with us. Uh, in my mind, the, you know, the mutilations... It's hard to avoid not putting them in the paranormal realm. They just are in my book, yeah. along with all their attendant phenomena and UFOs. Uh, what's the likelihood? Uh, we can't explain a cattle mutilation by a UFO. You can't explain one unknown with another unknown. You know, that just doesn't work. So uh, there are always going to be aspects of this mystery that carry over and uh, carry over unless some, somebody can, comes forward and confesses to doing the cattle mutilations in our lifetime, which seems highly unlikely. Uh, I think the work will carry on. Uh, people that listen to this program and serious researchers, which you people have on here, uh, really very, very talented, good, good minds, supple, agile brains, you know, working on this all the time. It will continue forever. Wow. Oh, man. All of a sudden, I got incredibly depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one thing I would like to add uh, is oh. it's, it's the quality of inquiry. I, I think, unfortunately, uh, and David and I have talked about this at length, uh, people get involved in, in the paranormal and in these types of mystery subjects, and they tend to develop blinders. They, they get tunnel vision. They, they tend to over-focus on a particular you know quality of phenomenon or or a t uh, uh, some sort of you know focused attention on a particular mystery and i think what david and i have really attempted to do i think just naturally as people but but also we've developed a capacity to always have our eyes open for attendant what seem to be unrelated at times uh phenomenal events that may somehow be indicative of something larger going on. For instance, David Perkins with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Call me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. 877-996-4327, extension 128. That's 877-996-4327, extension 128. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer. Yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X dot com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro EM1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. As we ended the previous segment, Chris was continuing with an explanation about theories and evidence and about related possibilities and such. And I had a question in the winds, which I want to present after you finish this. Okay, well, basically what I was saying, Gene, uh, is pretty simple. You can't have tunnel vision. You have to have your radar on and your feelers uh, tuned for other things that are going on in areas where the phenomena that you're interested in is, is occurring. And attendant phenomena and synchronistic events are really important. And that's one thing I think David and I have developed is a capacity to be really open and aware of attendant phenomena that may be happening in the culture, in the weather, in the political uh, arena, in the, you know, all the different permutations that are, that are occurring in an area where you're investigating. That's really important. Can you give us some examples of attendant phenomena? Well, I think David's trip to Ellsbury, uh, Missouri, uh, would be a perfect example. David, why don't you uh, answer that one? Yeah, uh, that's a good question there, Gene. But uh, yeah, and I think it was uh, summer of '78. Uh, I went to uh, Ellsbury, Missouri, with uh, my colleagues uh, Bill McIntyre and Carrie Sewell. Uh, that we had heard that there were mutilations happening there and a lot of UFO sightings. Uh, so we thought, wow, this is. Let's go to one of these places. Uh, I think it was the first time we'd ever really gone out of our milieu and gone into something and just say, okay, let's just see what's going on here. So we get there, and sure enough, I talk about this uh, in the introduction to the stalking the herd, uh, my trip to Ellsbury, but uh, uh, that really opened my eyes. I think uh, in terms of. Different uh, phenomena that are going on in a cattle mutilation area. For instance, uh, that was the, the Momo, the, the Missouri monster, 
uh, we get there and they say, well, yeah, we had these skeletal mutilations. And then the old Fred over there, he saw Momo in the woods. Uh, and I go like, what's Momo? Oh, you don't know about Momo? That's this hairy creature that runs around and does things and occasionally uh, runs off with our livestock or slashes and kills them. And I went, oh, okay. Uh, and then uh, Tom over there, he uh, was down at the river the other day and he saw all these, uh, he said they look like little kids wearing silver suits. And they're all down there by the river, and he got kind of spooked and left. And it's like, okay. Uh, so then uh, the next guy says, well, uh, we were down at the Mississippi River fishing, and we saw these 55-gallon drums, what looked like, floating down the river. And uh, uh, they were all just floating along, and all of a sudden they just rose up out of the water and flew off in formation. So you got, you know, 55-gallon uh, <laughs> drums flying in formation. And then we're going like, okay, okay. Uh, and what about the flying saucers? Oh, yeah, everybody's seen them. The mayor, newspaper editor, the chief of police, they're your classic flying saucers. It's like, oh, right. So you start tallying these things up. And then the, there were helicopters, uh, mystery helicopters in that situation, too. So these are, you would call, attendant phenomena. And, and just to add on to that, in the process of doing the research for Chris's book, I was kind of amazed I was sort of pick a place. At that point, I was working on stuff in the Midwest. Uh, and I would, uh, okay, we knew that, say, that they had cattle mutilation in 1973. That's all I knew. And I would start digging. And then uh, next thing you know, it's like, well, they had uh, helicopters, unmarked uh, helicopters around the same time. And then uh, they were a focal point for the 1973 UFO wave. A lot of classic flying saucer sightings. And then you start digging historically, and uh, uh, oh yes, well this is also the site where everybody sees the giant black panthers in the woods all the time, and other cryptids that uh, uh, it's sort of like you pick up any rock and there's something living under it, right? Uh, well, this is also the place where the Bigfoot is being seen all the time, and this is also the place where this, that, and the other. Uh, so next thing you know, you've got six, seven attendant phenomena. In these sites. Oh, yeah. By the way, it was also a place of a major airship sighting in 1897. So you're like, wow, there's quite a string of uh, what is it about this place anyway? And they've got creatures in the lake that bite your testicles off, too. So so there you go. Don't get too nosy. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, I, I sent you that report. I don't think that was a cryptid. I, supposedly that was a real creature. But these other things. What I learned gave me a greater appreciation for uh, in that research was how uh, often these so-called cryptid, uh, cryptozoological creatures are part of the scenario. And this reveals my bias. Chris is talking about biases. In the past, I've tended to push all that stuff to the side and say, this doesn't relate. No, this is something else. This is something else. I didn't want to face the fact that it was perhaps integral to the cattle mutilation scenario. Uh, so that was my bias. I was I was biased against the Bigfoot creatures. I was biased against the so-called mutilations in England. Uh, uh, all these things I tended to just put aside, and that that's my blinders, my blind spot. And every researcher has to identify where their blind spots are. I think that's really an important uh, important point that should be stressed. Uh, again, it, it it goes back to the whole idea of being too focused on a, a single aspect of of a potential mysterious uh, 
I guess it would be a constellation of attendant phenomena. And, you know, the, the whole mystery helicopter thing, uh, I think both David and I would agree, is a major uh, element here that many researchers out there just tend to kind of dismiss or sweep under the rug or try to explain them away with, with what appear to be high, strange explanations that don't quite fit. Um, that brings me to another question here from one of our listeners at forum.theparacast.com. This comes from Captain Recovery, who has been a, on the Paracast forum here since 2008, but has only posted 12 messages uh, over six years. So You see what uh, you've done, Chris? All right. We're, we're fleshing them out now. Yeah, we're, we are. We're, we're, uh, they're, they're coming out of the woodwork. And this is an interesting one. In Cache County, uh, Utah, in 1976, after a series of mutilations, ranchers formed an armed surveillance watch looking for helicopters seen around mutilations. After police confronted several men in an unmarked Army helicopter at a small local airport, there was a heated exchange and mutilation ceased for about five years. He says, I believe the government has the means, helicopters, laser cutting, cutting tools, etc., and the motive, tracking mad cow disease, scrapey, etc., to explain most of it. That's a little debatable, but uh, he's wondering, are we aware or are you aware of any other confrontations like the one in Utah? I'm not even aware of that. What are you? I've, it's news to me. Well, I did mention the, uh, I think it was Iowa, where ranches were actually, uh, in Kansas, were actually shooting at helicopters. And in, in a couple of cases, uh, the helicopter shot back. But in terms of actually confronting people on the ground, I would like to know more about that. Captain Recovery, send me a, a private message or post yeah, boy, more information about that particular case. That's very unusual. Yeah, uh, it's it's it, it almost standalone. And Cache County, Utah, uh, if, you know, off the top of my head, does not kind of ring uh, a bell in terms of uh, many mutilation cases. So uh, I might have to do a little digging. If you have any more information about that, Mr. Uh, Recovery or Captain, uh, do uh, get in touch with us and fill us in. I'd love to see a newspaper article about that. We don't um, want to say he should recover it. I hear dead silence. <laughs> well, uh, that's news to me. Um, I wouldn't really know what to uh, how to comment on that because that that would be uh, that would be a, a major development in in the research realm here for us. Uh, well, it, it, let's let's get a little bit uh, bigger picture, David. Uh, Digital trickster, who is uh, one of our posters at forum.theparacast.com he has a very good question here and, and I, I want to bounce it off you because I know it it, it uh, will elicit a very interesting response he asked do, do you think that uh, what's the end goal of all this to simply push ourselves to grow more as a species or do you believe that it is pushing us towards a much larger end game for humanity and if so what do you think that may be We'll get the answer to that in our next segment. David oh Perkins joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? 
Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Government shutdown, inept politicians, entitlements, looming Obamacare. The death of the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency is what nobody wants to acknowledge. We have a debt bubble that cannot be paid and will eventually crash the dollar. If you're concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and we'll discuss your options of buying precious metals. Also, I can send you information on how you can roll over your IRA or 401k into a precious metal IRA. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the dollar crashes. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237. Three seven extent to one thirty. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse, massive crop failure, chemical or biological attack. So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family, only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-3663. FreezeDryGuy.com Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. 
That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. The end game. Is there an end game? I still think it's not going to happen in our lifetimes. Um, You're probably right. Uh, like I say, this uh, there will always be the unknown, and there will always be inquiring minds, as long as we're walking around on the planet. But uh, in terms of the end game, um, that's not exactly a term that I use often. But I, I will say, I would like to just back up one notch to say to Chris's last book, The Trickster. Uh, stalk, uh, what was it? Stalking the Trickster. Uh, which was a very important book, and it's something that Chris and I have been more and more involved in, in researching is uh, the figure, the character of the trickster. So go get that book and read it and, and read my introduction to that book, which I think is, is relevant to this discussion. But it, it, my particular angle of research right now, I'm not so much into going out and looking at more dead cows. It's sort of like Chris. Uh, we have an embarrassment of riches it's like Heine talked about ufology. We've got so many reports. We've got thousands and thousands. Of What's one more report going to tell us, really? Now, so I'm looking at, at uh, more macro ideas in terms of uh, what could possibly explain this. And this is where it gets a little complicated. But the, the trickster is such a key figure here, and I'm glad Chris wrote a whole book about it, that uh, this particular archetype, I guess you could call it, it's a a mythological image that carries over culture to culture. It's part of what Carl Jung, the psychologist, would call a collective unconscious. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at the areas where uh, possibly there, another energy could be involved. That people say, well, whatever did the mutilations is non-human intelligence. And I was balk, balk at that particular uh, term, what... Um, because I'm not really sure what non-human intelligence is. Maybe However, dolphins, but dolphins aren't <laughs> walking on the land and right. mutilating well, cattle, sure. Not typically. Uh, not oh, much. not typically? <laughs> so the dolphins are really flying in their UFOs. Well, the non-human intelligence is, is sort of like a, a code word for extraterrestrial intelligence, really. When people say that, it's a non-human intelligence. Well, I'm not so sure it is. Uh, and... and then to segue into the next area where I'm very interested in is uh, Gaia, the Gaia hypothesis, uh, which is the idea that the Earth is one living organism. This was pioneered by James Lovelock back in the mid-60s, around the time Snippy was mutilated. Uh, but the idea is that the Earth is a sentient, intelligent being that regulates itself for the maximum effect of cre- creating the perfect... Uh, conditions for life so this uh, when Lovelock came out with this idea he was uh, roundly thumped by the scientific community it's like what do you mean how, how can this be an intelligent being how can this be a sentient me- being because that goes against uh, that implies what they call teleology which means that the purpose of life or the purpose of something is a, a goal uh, it's, it's heading in a, it has a purpose a true Darwinian would say there is no purpose. It's all random processes. So basically, Lovelock got cut off at the knees by the scientific community by saying, how dare you? you know, and then he had to come out and backtrack and say, well, I'm not saying that Gaia is a 
sentient being, and it's no surrogate for God, that's for sure. So it created a huge division, which uh, is still being fought out today. However, uh, my interest right now is to blast on through with uh, seeing Lovelock's theory to its logical conclusion, which is, okay, what if it is a sentient being? What if it does have intelligence? Say it does have a form of consciousness and purpose. Uh, how does that interact with our conscious minds? How does that inter interact with our unconscious minds? Uh, and what are the possibilities uh, that uh, something like the mutilations can be some form of Gaian uh, mechanism, a biological mechanism, perhaps? Uh, for what purpose uh, is a bit unclear, but I have my ideas more than I will go into at the moment. But uh, So I'm looking in those areas. It's like, what other intelligence could be at work here? And perhaps the answer is right under our nose. We haven't looked there, really. There's also the evolutionary imperative, which, uh, you know, would obviously deserve an entire uh, series of shows yeah. to talk about. But, you know, David has, has come up with the idea that possibly uh, certain kinds or maybe perhaps all kinds of paranormal phenomena uh, that have some sort of sci-fi kind of element to it, whether it's UFOs, whether it's mystery uh, uh, slains of livestock, Maybe it's trying to pull us off planet because we know this Earth is going to get hit by a, you know, a, an epic ending uh, asteroid, or we're going to have a, you know, a coronal mass ejection that's going to fry the planet. Uh, the the sun's going to go supernova at some point, and we have to get off this this rock in space. And perhaps some sort of Gaian imperative or intelligence, if you will is attempting to lure us off the planet, is trying to trick us to, to go out and seed uh, you know, the human uh, genome off planet and, and get us out there into the stars so that we can, we can perpetuate this, uh, this wonderful experiment uh, that we, we know as uh, humanity out into the stars and save us from eventual doom. Yeah, that's where we were talking earlier about the memes, and we've covered this in your books a fair amount. Uh, one of your forewords I wrote about the, the origin of the extraterrestrial meme basically goes all the way back to the 5th century B.C. in Greece to the idea of plurality of worlds. And even 500 years before B, you know, Christ, uh, uh, they were walking around in Greece saying, oh yeah, there are worlds out there, there are people just like us walking around talking about the same kind of stuff, there are people all over the place in this universe. I mean, that was 500 years B.C., and that was basically the origin of that of an extraterrestrial meme, which you know traveled on through time, and and by the time it hit modern times, we had you know science fiction, uh, War of the Worlds, H.G. Wells, Jules Verne, uh, the Age of Flying Saucers, all of these memes uh, created what I'd call a memeplex, and in other words, a meme will glom onto other memes so they all have a better uh, chance of perpetuating themselves. In this instance, the ET meme is bolstered by the cattle mutilations. That has been the net effect of it, of the cattle mutilations. It's in the popular culture. It's down to the level of the rancher out in the field. It's everywhere. They use it to sell deodorant, UFOs zapping cows. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's totally pervasive. So the, the meme is, uh, is and abductions are another kind of mini-meme, I call them. And, oh, uh, boy, that's rough. Across circles and all of these things. 
have created a giant memeplex which perpetuates the idea of extraterrestrial life and of flying saucers, uh, which is, again, one of those things that's pulling us into the future and preparing us mentally to get off planet. I'll tell you what, I sometimes like to do that. And I like the concept of the memeplex. Yeah. Really do. Because you wonder, okay, if this is just to take us to another step in our evolution, what is the real truth behind it? We have David Perkins joining Gene and Chris. The book is Stalking the Herd. You're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. We travel so much and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets. But fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use, you just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $29.95 with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. 
great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Hi, this is Ted Phillips, listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. We still have some questions out there from our listeners, but we have lots more to talk about with David Perkins. And, of course, we're focusing on stalking the herd about cattle mutilations. And I like your idea here, David, about meme plexus. But that implies that we believe in something that may not be the case, but it's part of our evolutionary cycle. So what do you think? Well, I, I was wondering when he said mini-meme, if he had his pinky underneath his chin. <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, mini-meme, yeah. Well, memes, uh, this is this is the fascinating research to me right now. It's what keeps me going. Is this and of- by the way, we're not going to get sued by Vern Troyer if we continue using the word mini. Oh, all righty. Well, it's, uh, I'm looking at it from an evolutionary point of view, and it's like McKenna, Terrence McKenna, says something like, uh, getting off the planet is the great goal of all biology, you know, uh, that we, we will be destroyed eventually if we don't get off the planet. And the, the, the nature of life is to find survival strategies and uh, whether those with us, those, those may come in an unconscious form. They may come in a very conscious form. But I think there's an unconscious element to it that we don't quite know why we're doing what we're doing but uh, or believing what we're believing. But it's paving the way for these, these next big steps. It's, if it's, we're going to be moved into space, why did the space program essentially get canceled? There's not much being done with it. Even these... Baby steps well, taken by private industry aren't doing well, much. Well, we don't really know. Uh, uh, Richard Dolan's idea of the breakaway civilization, Joseph Farrell, others have mentioned that there may be a, you know, a stovepipe program that already has a soft planet potentially. I don't think so. Gene, in, in answer to that, I'm, I'm a member of all the, you know, the space groups, the planetary societies and all this. And I read their bulletins, and I, I'm kind of amazed how much stuff is going on that doesn't really make big news. You know, for me, the idea uh, in the not too recent, uh, not in the recent past, uh, we sent a, a, a probe to intercept an asteroid, which was millions of miles away, and we landed a camera on it that was get, sending back video to within three feet of impact of the of the surface. And I thought, boy, that is a piece of engineering. I mean, that is remarkable. 
whoever came up with that. And we're doing all that kind of stuff. We're studying how to divert asteroids. I keep getting these things. Okay, the latest thing is the laser bees, I think they're called. It's a swarm of uh, uh, little satellite things that we, if an asteroid's heading toward the Earth, we'll figure out how to deflect it with mirrors. We'll heat it up. We'll do this. We'll move it. We'll gently nudge it off its course and all these different techniques with solar sails. And Boy, they're working all the time trying to figure this out. We'll uh, just call up Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis and they'll yeah, fly really, over. That's, that's it, really. But those are images, those are memes that are planted in our heads. Like, wow, we, someday we may have to divert an asteroid. Gee, really, we might have to do this. So anything that promotes the idea of a spacefaring civilization including these meme plexes that I've been describing, uh, is part of an overall survival strategy for us and or Gaia. I'd still love to see a public program where we're going to the moon and Mars and elsewhere. Chris, some more questions? Well, here's one that's, uh, it, I think I kind of surprised David with this observation early on, but uh, this comes from Wade Ridsdale, who's one of our real uh, active posters at forum.theparacast.com. And he kind of sums it up pretty well here and, and imposes a question. If one of the major reasons for cattle mutilations is, is, the name, uh, is in the name of environmental monitoring and done by black op type government agencies here in the U.S. and maybe elsewhere, why do you think that the Brahmin breed is still left untouched? Would these cattle not be susceptible to the same environmental pollutants as other breeds? Is there something about their organs that would make them less desirable for monitoring? Granted, there are probably a number of reasons for the mute mystery, but all involved seem to regard the Brahma breed as bovine non grata. (laughs) Have you, David Perkins, found a single case of a Brahma cow bull or steer or calf that has been found in a mutilated condition anywhere? Well, uh, we the best I came up with was that half Brahmin mutilation. Uh, and that's I one think, case. Yeah, you cover this really well in your book in terms of talking about the, the cultural uh, spin or whatever that's put on various paranormal phenomena. Mutilations, for instance, you make the great observation that this is a, a Christian country phenomenon. The mutilations are not reported in non-Christian countries. Uh, obviously, the Brahmin is sacred in Hindu culture in India. No mutilations there. What, they don't have environmental problems there? I don't know. So, you've got to look at, you know, uh, th- that was just an amazing observation. of Worldwide, you map out all the countries where they've happened. They're all Christian countries. That is an anomaly within an anomaly. Boy, I'll say... I, I love these stories of the lifters, uh, these gangs of uh, Indian youths uh, that convert garbage trucks into cattle yeah. napping vehicles. And they, they go around at night and lure cattle up ramps into garbage trucks and then have them rendered at, at illegal, highly uh, you know, profitable uh, secret rendering operations. Uh, so I think we're slowly starting to see that that – Indian subcontinent being, you know, changing its cult, its very ancient cultural uh, worship of of the Brahma cow, which is the predominant uh, breed of cattle in in India. But one thing that I was also surprised to find is that India is the largest, the world's largest exporter of beef. Yeah, 
Amazing, huh? That was another showstopper. Yeah. <laughs> We're stopping a lot of shows here. Oh, <laughs> well, if they're not going to eat him in India, they might as well make some money off him, right? At at his seventeen thousand McDonald's in the world, I think there's what two hundred and seventy in India or three hundred uh, uh, outlets, and none of them serve beef. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, we haven't even talked about my favorite theory, which is uh, an, an kind of an offshoot of the environmental monitoring theory. But uh, the whole idea of of mad cow disease possibly being uh, some sort of inadvertently uh, escaped weaponized form of transmissible spongiform encephalopathy and that uh, possibly one agenda that's dovetailed with, with others as we've discussed may be to monitor the potential spread of mad cow disease in the environment. What, what do you think of that particular theory, David? I think it's a pretty good theory. Uh, I, I, it's one of those that we could build up pretty far and then I think I could tear it down pretty far. But, uh, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. And I'm, I'm kind of amazed in a way that, uh, NIDS would come up with this, uh, Colm Kelleher. But, uh, I mean, after even hearing, say, Greg talk the other day about Gabe and, uh, Valdez and his experience with NIDS, it's almost like Gabe wasn't aware of what went on on the so-called Skinwalker Ranch, right? Uh, and talk about attendant phenomena. Uh, it was just everything there, just complete nutso paranormal wonderland, you know. And to to weed that out, to weed all those other things out, the attendant phenomena, and say, okay, well, uh, this cow was cut up and these parts were taken, and that's what's consistent with testing for prion diseases. Uh, it's like, okay, but what about all this other stuff? Uh, well, that doesn't relate right now. Uh, so that's problematic <laughs> to me. It's just problematic. <laughs> But, you know, and that's the same problem I have with my own nuclear theory. I mean, it just doesn't seem to explain all the evidence. There's, there's just too many other loose ends floating around right. uh, that, that just don't plug in. So if you're going to have a really comprehensive theory, you've got to have something that allows all of that evidence in. We're uh, going I, to have another segment where we're going to allow yeah. all of the evidence in. Chris's book is Stalking the Herd. Go to stalkingtheherd.com. Place your order for the book, and Chris will sign it. How about that? Until his hands are worn out. With Gene and Chris, you're in... The Bearcast! The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. 
That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. How many good people procrastinate? When was the last time you updated your last will and testament, your living will, and your health care power of attorney? If you could get these documents included with your Legal Shield membership for no additional charge, wouldn't it just make sense to have the peace of mind of owning a Legal Shield membership? Worry less and live more with LSProtection.com. That's LSProtection.com or call 855 855- 340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. I'm David Cordeni, President and CEO of Cigna. We're proud to support the March of Dimes by walking in the March for Babies. It feels great to know that the money we raise funds life-saving research and programs that improve the health of babies. With your help, we can make this year better than ever. Join Cigna and our coworkers across the country in March for Babies to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org and march to help our babies. Thank you. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Hey, gang, as you can imagine, living with the moniker America's Mr. Right can be kind of tough at times. But you know what? It's easy to live up to the challenge when you're feeling good. Hi, everybody. I'm Jason Lewis, and that's why I watch what I eat and supplement my diet with great products from Longevity, like their great vitamin mineral complex drink or a protein shake or my favorite probiotic dark chocolate packed with antioxidants. You know, I love these products, and I'll bet you will, too. And now you can get them all at JasonLewisTeam.com. Now, look, these are just the things I like from Longevity. but if you're looking for, a, say, a sports drink endorsed by an NBA All-Star or a shot of Pollen Burst, the best energy drink on the market, it's all here, too. All you have to do is go to JasonLewisTeam.com or call 1-855-310-TEAM. Now, that's 1-855-310-TEAM. Get all these products and more and feel like America's Mr. Right. It's JasonLewisTeam.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. That's Chris's hands being worn out. Oh. He'll then sigh with his feet and then fumigate it. Uh huh. What do you got? One more segment? Where are we? We are on the final segment, David Perkins. All right. Uh, we'll be summing it up or what? I don't know. Taking questions, right? We're taking questions. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David, let's go ahead and, and hear your final summation here. What's right. going on here, David? You ready? 
<laughs> I was born ready, dude. You know that. Hours and hours later, it's like, oh, well, God, is he still droning hours, on? Years and decades later. <laughs> really? Make him go away. <laughs> I love the case uh, from last summer in Nebraska where the rancher went out and found his mutilated cow with its head stuffed down a hole in the pasture. Yeah, right. I love that one. That that that's that's uh, talk about a unique standalone case. What is up with that? <laughs> talk. Uh, you know, I thought ostriches ostriches were the ones that put their head in the sand. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard of a cow with its head stuffed down a hole. Yeah, mutilated. Well, that certainly dropped the show to a dead stop. Yeah. <laughs> Another showstopper. Oh, yeah. You're very good at that. Yeah, especially this particular episode. Well, David, come on. What? Where do we go from here? We're, we're going to be analyzing Stalking the Herd in, in this book that we're going to co-author together. Uh, you know, what are some of the methodologies that, uh, that you think we should be pursuing uh, and, and utilizing uh, for this process? And, and, and what are some... Uh, avenues that excite you uh, in terms of where to go, you know, what road to go down here. Are we on the show? Are we Are we running? Yeah. We've been oh, yeah, running, man. Running. Uh, okay, actually, we're, we're running. quickly. Well, uh, yeah. Um, like I say, where my interests lie are in these other realms that uh, aren't as scientific as what you're describing. However, uh, according to my theorizing, uh, you know, monitoring the spread of of prion disease uh it might not be monitoring it might be pointing us to problems in our environment this particular mechanism that i'm trying to describe uh could have many purposes if we know how to read it you know it's sort of like a, a meta uh some sort of mythological guidepost or something if we can figure out what this phenomenon is saying that uh, where these problems are. Okay, we have problems with nuclear contamination. We have problems with contamination of the food chain. We have problems with uh, authorities, uh, you know, in a new world uh, political order. Uh, I mean, this this is getting, you know, it's more poetic and metaphorical than anything else. But if, if you're reading, like, say, like uh, Tom Bearden was back when he wrote Excalibur Briefing, these are tolpoidal manifestations you know, representing uh, our unresolved conflicts. And the way he read cattle mutilations was that the Soviets are about ready to destroy us, uh, that the, you know, taking of the udder is like taking of the mother's milk and these other parallels. Talk about a blind spot. Uh, you know, he basically describes the Jungian mechanism for collective unconscious manifestations, which is very interesting, which is the tulpa idea, which goes back to the Tibetan... Uh, spiritual masters of being able to create uh, physical manifestations. But uh, the idea of being able to read what this actually says, uh, maybe it's like a message to all of us. If we can read it, uh, here we can identify these problems. And in essence, that's what Colm Kelleher did. He read that, and what he, his data presented him is that this is what needs to be done. He writes a book, very good one, uh, about the problem of, uh, you know, uh, CJD and Mad Cow, and uh, it's really coming into the fore more and more and more. In the book is Brain Trust, uh, for yeah, you people out trust. there that really want to do your research. Right. So you can look at, at the phenomenon and read these. these uh, this gets very subjective, but uh, 
say, okay, this is problematic. Uh, here's a problematic area that I've identified by looking at these cattle mutilations. How, isn't that interesting? That's what he would get from it, you know, or what I would get from it in terms of the nuclear thing. But back to the, you know, just to touch one more thing on the trickster. I don't think I, I explained that part, but uh, uh, what the trickster's role in mythology is, is the great boundary cross or the great uh, the entity, the life force or whatever that uh, turns things upside down every once in a while. So a new order can be created, a novelty can emerge, new ways of thinking, new approaches. Uh, it turns a you know, static social order on its head for a while and that's, lets everything uh, reconfigure. So this is, uh, I'm identifying this as a biological force, basically. And I get a lot of criticism for doing this sort of thing because people see it, say it's scientism, it's trying to... Uh, it's reductionism. Yeah, it's reductionist, you know, that, yeah. Uh, that you're reducing the mysteries and the enchantment of the world into mechanistic Newtonian terms. And that's just not going to work for the next phase of our evolution. It's just you're leaving too much out, you know. So I'm going like, well, am I really disenchanting the world by pursuing this? <laughs> Far be it from me, you know. Uh, and other people criticize me for putting too much magic into the world, right? Uh, by even considering this kind of stuff. So I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What am I doing? Taking magic out or putting magic in? Gee whiz. Uh, so, you know, it gets very confusing at that level. But uh, it seems like that, to me, Gaian theory will have a lot of implications for our dealing with climate change and the really pressing issues that are, you know, could destroy Gaia. And Gaia will find a way, or the human collective unconscious in conjunction with Gaia, or the human unconscious by itself, uh, something or other, there are these forces working to get us to deal with these imminent problems that we, we're going to have to face up to soon. David, we have only a moment or two left, and I want to ask you a fast question. What's your feeling about the so-called climate change deniers? Oh, golly. That's funny. I, I was reading something just recently, James Lovelock, uh, an interview he did in an English newspaper, and they asked him, uh, what, what are we going to do about this climate change issue? Uh, will we be able to do anything to mitigate this? And he said, no, humans are too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great comeback. Right. Uh, he did ex <laughs> that was a paraphrase. He didn't, that was, wasn't exactly the way they put it, but th that was the headline. Humans too stupid to deal with climate change. Well, they don't understand the difference between weather and climate. Right. right so exactly. in the winter, we get a snowstorm. Oh, there's no climate change because in the winter, we got a snowstorm. Well, what about eccentric weather? What about yeah. extreme weather? You never know. David Perkins, is there a place we can find more of what you do, or do you kind of exist in another realm of existence? I'm, I'm in another order of existence here, but uh, anybody you know wanting to follow up on some of these ideas I'm spouting, uh, get Chris's books. Read all the forewords and the introductions that I write and uh, some of the stuff that makes it into his actual books. Uh, I have a bibliography you can find online of various articles I've written over the years, things on the Sherman Ranch. and uh, I wrote for Magonia, the English publication. Those are online. Uh, and I'm, you know, really excited about this this project with Chris. I think this is a, it's just going to be an enormous amount of fun and interesting. And we seem to, you know, bring out uh, good things in each other. And 
complement each other's uh, way of looking at things. And it's a good, healthy dialogue that we carry on. We don't always agree, obviously. But I think something really good is going to come out of this. And I encourage people to get up to speed with all those books and then get ready for the next one. And this has been a very healthy dialogue. And you see in a couple of cases here, Chris and David do not see eye to eye. David Perkins, we want you back to focus on a lot more stuff that we couldn't get to today. So we hope you will do that. Sure. Chris O'Brien has OurStrangePlanet.com, but for this book, he's got StalkingTheHerd.com. That's where you can learn more about the book, order a copy, and Chris will autograph it for you. You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as The Paracast. You can find us on Stitcher, which is that online radio service. They've got apps for iOS and Android. We're in the top 300 there. Okay, so somebody's listening to us. In addition to GCN, you can also hear the Paracast on the Boost Radio Network and the IRN Internet Radio Network. So more and more and more people are listening to their show, their favorite paranormal show, each and every week. David Perkins, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Paracast. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Izzy. Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.